0: Hello everyone, welcome to Business Line Podcast, this is your host Nikita Anvergis and today we're in conversation with Mizwa Khadri, founder and CEO of Monifis Media. Hi, Ms. Ba. Welcome to Businessline Podcast. Thank you so much Mm -hmm. for taking the time out to talk to us today.
1: Hi, hi, Nikita. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for having me here.
0: So, uh, Ms. Ba, you were previously working with Dentsu Ages, right? Correct. I was working with the PR division of Dentsu Ages, which is known as Perfect Relations. Mm -hmm. so I just want to understand what made you take the leap of faith and you know quit your corporate job Um, actually
1: it was not so much of a leap of faith it was a leap filled with a lot of uh, confusions and uh, I was pretty hesitant apprehensive I was not sure what I was going into but um, all I knew was that I really enjoy the work that I do and I wanted the kind of scope and space to be able to work independently and I I think it was all the trigger was by COVID Mm -hmm. and uh, while I was Working about, you know, we were all working, my entire team there. We were working for hours every day and we were like, pitching for clients every day. We were doing numerous things, you know, apart from our designated KRAs, we were fulfilling so many other roles. And all of us are working beyond ours. And I realized that I have the capacity to actually work more and above and beyond my defined role. And I thought, oh, why not explore? Why have I not explored this side of the business? Why not, you know, try this? And I enjoy doing what I do. So, why not take a you know leap, even if it may be filled with a lot of confusion and uh, I was fear, But yeah, I did. And uh, so I quit my job in the middle of the pandemic and people were all around me. They were like, are you crazy? I mean, this is the one time when you should not be playing, you know, Misbah, this is okay. You just draw the line here of acting crazy and this is not uh, working out. And you should not professionally, personally, everybody around me was saying the same thing. But uh, I have this sort of a stubborn streak. And I opted to not just quit my job, I left the city, I left everything, I moved to Goa. And uh, yeah, I started my founded my company. It's called Monophys Media.
0: So, I mean, I'm sure that the journey was not at all an easy one. I just want to understand what challenges you faced along the way. Challenges, I think the biggest challenge, there's so many as a I don't want to say
1: a woman leader or a woman founder or a female founder, although I don't mind any of those tags, but I think it's very essential to acknowledge and address the fact that it's not the same sort of trajectory, the path of you know leading a business for a man and a woman. That stands true. And for any woman who's sort of, sort of starting a business, be it with the backup of, uh, of your family members or friend support or all by yourself. It's a very difficult journey and all of us, I'm sure, would relate to it, all of the women. I, I faced uh, things like, you know, belief in myself, first of all. Although I had conviction in the kind of and quality of work that I could offer, I was not very sure how others around me would respond to it. Because clients and founders, other CEOs whom I used to speak with, as a representative of a larger brand, I was now speaking with the same you know, set of people, uh, representing my own, a very, very small a very tiny, a very niche sort of a brand. So it was, uh, self-conviction was a huge issue and mm. which I have been building and I'm still in the process of building it because I'd never faced these kind of rejections. The volume of rejections has been <laughs> enormous. Right. And it really takes a toll on your ego mm. and uh, your entire sort of self-belief because I was like, I am the best at what I do. Mm-hmm. But this was before actually, you know, being responsible for other people around me, for other know when I'm just uh, sort of uh, helping others also make the bread and butter and I'm completely reliant on my skills of pitching and you know reaching Mm -hmm. out to other CEOs and convincing them that we are the best at what we do so I think that was the biggest challenge and uh, yeah accessing funding it took me a long long time took me about almost a year to actually finalize on funding Mm -hmm. and be able to get the kind of funds that I needed to register my company to get things going on ground so I think these were the main uh, sort of challenges otherwise people have Been there have I won't say that it's only been challenging, of course, it's been very. Some people have been very, very supportive people who have seen me work in my previous role, and they've also been, yeah, post COVID. I think there's been a wave of empathy and compassion in general amongst people, so that's been good.
0: So, you had mentioned um, being a female entrepreneur has been quite difficult for you over the past few years. Society has become a lot more accepting of women in leadership positions, right? And today, we've got more women running Fortune 500 businesses than at any time in the past but mm-hmm. uh, despite this we still see a very very small percentage of women in top positions so mm-hmm. what do you think is the reason for this this uh, oh, most of the you know just recently i made a remark uh, to a
1: colleague that most of the boardrooms you walk into a boardroom and it's completely a boy's locker room you know it's entirely that i yeah. think it's at both ends because as women even if i was to be promoted to a senior position it's very simple things like uh, would i be able to stay back late because most of the meetings and most of the bondings that you have with your senior management these meetings can go, go on you know till late in the night would mm-hmm. as a woman would i be comfortable doing that the assumption usually is that a woman would sort of bringing in a woman in that kind of a pool would create chaos or would create you know unnecessary drama all of this is assumption of course but that's what happens and even as women we ourselves lack the you know, confidence to be able to be a part of such a team. I think that is a very, very important, very small aspect, but it's very, very important. And uh, otherwise, tapping into and understanding the potential that women leaders have, that is something that is not really happening right now. We we are seeing such uh, incredible entrepreneurs coming up, female entrepreneurs. And uh, even then, there is this kind of doubt, there is this kind of, uh, you know, lack of confidence in women and in women leading their teams, especially during COVID, if you've seen... Uh, during the times of crisis women leaders have emerged as such strong and capable leaders it's fantastic i've seen in my own i mean professional capacity All women around me, they've sort of really taken hold, taken charge of their teams at home, managing so many layers of responsibilities and seamlessly as if, you know, it was sort of by default, they've taken it up. Fortunately, I don't have um, any such responsibility at home since uh, I live alone, I'm single. But there are women who are taking up responsibilities at home. They're taking up so well. So uh, I don't understand why there is still this lack of confidence in women being able to lead Teams across mm-hmm. sectors, across the spectrum, but yeah, that lack of pay gap is there, and mm-hmm. there's so many issues, there's so many problems. But uh, the reason I think comes down to the same thing that there's lack of confidence in women's talent, mm-hmm. and um, the fact that most of these boardroom meetings are all dominated by male um, colleagues, by male members, mm-hmm. and the think that bringing in women might be, you know, might just create unnecessary drama.
0: Mm-hmm. So. A lot of these people say that women in leadership positions, um, you know, they tend to be more compassionate than men and that often works against them. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think that is exactly the kind of equation we need. And that is the balance that women can
1: bring in, bringing in the equilibrium of compassion. And I don't know if I should call it aggression, but assertiveness. That exact equation is what we need, which was seen during COVID. And now the world is forever divided into a post-COVID and a pre-COVID era. And right. now you can see women have really shown. This is not to say that, you know, men are anyway in any sense less. Uh, I'm not trying to re- sort of compare the two. Women can really lead uh, teams across the spectrum. And uh, yeah, I think the quotient of compassion... That is brought in by women. That is what we need. I'll just give you an example. Um, we, in my profession, we communicate a lot with uh, journalists, with senior uh, journalists, um, all around the clock. And um, I've had, in the you know COVID times, unfortunately, there were so many journalists who were at, and all of these are very, very fine journalists, and they were facing issues of you know unemployment, and that had suddenly come in, and it was it was amazing the kind of bond that the pr industry the image management industry and the journalists sort of formed automatically you know so a lot of women were immediately first they were the first uh, sort of they were the first to be laid off even when it came to journalism and that was my experience and they were the first to let go and um, that was something I, I mean that was something that i noticed i observed during that time yeah. and um, i think um, the fact of like you mentioned compassion in
0: mm-hmm. the PR
1: industry, PR industry is also predominated by women completely. I think about seventy to eighty percent it's or even ninety percent it's all women mm-hmm. folk. And because of that compassion, we had you know a lot of journalists, folk moving in transitioning to this side of the fence, and that really played a great role in the right. whole
0: process. So have you faced any situations where you know you were discriminated in the workplace because of your gender? Oh, <laughs> countless times. I'm sure even you would
1: you would mm-hmm. uh, agree to this. Any, any woman would completely. There cannot be a single uh, woman, I think, especially even if it's India or the West, every woman has undergone some or the other kind of uh, discrimination when it comes to gender. Casual sexism, you know, just mm-hmm. passing, just these casual remarks. Like I've, I've worked on um, Swachhwara Tabhyan mm-hmm. and I used to go out for shoots. And I would just be uh, shooting something, and I would have the crew with me, and one person, they would just be like, And it would just be like, you mm. know, uh, followed by laughter. I mean, there was nothing funny. There was absolutely, I mean, we need to get better jokes. <laughs> so <laughs> that was really, really yeah. so upsetting and humiliating. I was just standing there alone because it was all men in the room, and mm. it was supposed to be funny. So uh, <laughs> that was really uh, sad, but happens a lot of times once um, in one instance, I just walked into, we were meeting a potential client mm-hmm. and uh, I had my team with me, which was all men. And mm-hmm. most of them were like older to me also. And uh, the client, you know, immediately sort of gravitated towards one of the men thinking that, okay, he is the boss. He's leading the team. I, so, I mean, there, that's something which is how, why would you assume that he is the okay. leader? He's the boss. And I have to and me coming forward and saying that, you know, showing that no, I am the boss makes me look aggressive, makes me look um, irrational, or, um, you know, (laughs) trying to assert powers, all of that. I wouldn't
0: need to do that if you didn't assume. right? Right. So yeah, happens all so, of us. I mean, according to you, you know, if someone else, if another woman faces a situation like this, what do you think is the best way to handle it in the most graceful way? Uh, I think it's very, very important that women find their voice
1: and don't think twice before making sure and making it known that you are uh, important or you're chosen for that position on merit. A lot of us women sort of feel guilty and sort of don't feel that we should own up our accomplishments or own up the kind of power or the position we are in. And sometimes we feel guilty or sometimes you feel overwhelmed or especially young girls starting off in their careers, they're so confused, they are so hesitant and they're defined by that a particular role. A leader should look like this. A leader is who? A leader is a, a middle-aged or a you know a finely dressed young man who can who leads the team and that and he's aggressive he's bossy. Uh, if he says he gives out an order to you, you follow it. But if a woman does it, she's on her periods. You know mm-hmm. That's the kind of image that we have. And we need to come out of it. And there's this stereotypical image. But I think somewhat to a certain extent, it's also true that women can be a woman's enemy. Uh, this might sound very uh, controversial or this might sound very wrong. But even if a young bride walks into her new family when she's married, You'll often see that she's facing a lot of issues from the mother-in-law and the Mm father-in-law, which is a general, I think this is what I believe. And um, so I think we need to make paths easier for other women around us. Mm -hmm. If I am growing, if I'm learning something, it's important. It's my role. It's my duty to share it with other young women around me. Because at that age, at that stage, it's very, very overwhelming and confusing for young women. And especially with all of these other factors making life difficult for them. So all of the women, my advice would be all of the women. It's for not for the younger women. It's for the older and more senior uh, women that we need to be responsible for leading the way for the younger generation, for the younger women. Because for them to again, expect, add one more expectation to them would be unfair. I think they already have a lot on their shoulders. But we've gone through all of that and we've experienced over the years, the kind of uh, tensions, challenges, it, anxieties that we've gone through. We can ensure that they don't have to necessarily go through the same.
0: And and these senior women in leadership positions, right, they also mm. have a lot of pressure on them. And uh, especially, you know, like we already talked about, women do tend to be a little more compassionate um, mm. and uh, like you said, the stereotypical image of a leader is aggressive and bossy. So, you know, they're mm-hmm. two two worlds apart. My question is, how do women find or strike that perfect balance between, you know, being empathetic and firm as well?
1: Um, I think women, it's important that women just be. Mm-hmm. It's important that we are just led to be the way we are. Because uh, by default, by birth, we have this, uh, I don't know if we come with this talent, by default, but uh, we have this ability to multitask. We mm. have this ability to transition into roles of leadership. If you see at homes, to manage and organize a house is, I think, one of the most difficult tasks. Try doing it, and I've tried doing it myself. It's extremely difficult. How, no matter how small and insignificant it might seem, it's not just about managing your role professionally. I think at home, managing a home is itself so difficult, and most women in India they are able to do it so well. That is just a reflection of how well a woman can manage. And she is displaying qualities of compassion, empathy, all of that, along with, you know, coming across as the bad cop. So Mm -hmm. she's managing all of that on her own so well. And the same can be reflected, you'll see, uh, professionally for most of us. So that happens. And striking the right balance would be just by being because we have the innate quality of multitasking, of being able to take leadership. It's just that we don't have conviction, enough conviction ourselves. It's just that we doubt ourselves. I was just recently watching this video where uh, this lady was saying how uh, uh, you ask a man that, you know, how come you reach this position? How come you manage to get this contract signed? And he'll say, because I'm awesome. You know, <laughs> <You? laughs> that will be his response. You ask the same question to a woman and she'll immediately, she'll say... Um, Uh, You know, I mean, I got the support of my seniors, I got the support of my team members, or you know, I've worked really, really doubly hard. And uh, I've had to work overtime, and all of that. So there'll be so many things that she'll be attributing her success to so Mm. many aspects, instead of just owning it that yes, because I am bloody damn good at what I do. So uh, that is the one thing I think that's missing. How Mm -hmm. men are so much more confident in what they do, sometimes even overconfident Mm -hmm. in some cases. So Mm -hmm. yeah, we need to own up. And that's where we already have the right balance. We have the right instincts. Mm -hmm. We have great intuition. So we just need to own up to it.
0: Right. You know, speaking of this, I had recently come across this survey where we have job descriptions for each job, right? And apparently men go through these job descriptions and if they even fit the bill like 30%, they'll still apply for the job. Whereas women, (laughs) they need to to be a hundred percent fit before they're confident enough to actually go and hit that apply button so yeah just to yeah. Test the fact that this is definitely something that I think uh, women should actually focus on you know try to uh, become a little more confident in themselves for sure so thank you so much uh, Ms. Ba, for these great insights uh, I think with that we'll be drawing this conversation to a close um, have a really nice day and thanks again for being on the podcast thank you so so much this was a lovely opportunity and
1: it was lovely speaking with you felt so comfortable and relatable it was amazing thank you Nikki. <laughs>